Everybody, the con artist here. We're here to talk about our choices uh, for guys. What the heck season are we on? Fall 2018. Yeah, yeah, it feels right. Winter. That's the one. Winter 2018. Fall 2018. Fall 2018. All right. Go team. All right. So we're here to talk about our uh, what we watched and what we thought and all that good stuff. So we're gonna just start off dark and hopefully get lighter <laughs> from there. So let's let's start <laughs> with Goblin Slayer. Scott, you're the only one who followed this, so Dan and I are just going to hop in to make fun of you. Mostly. That's fine. Yeah, so I right watched beginning. the whole show. How much did each of you uh, end up watching? I think I watched the first a two or three episodes. episode. Oh, Dan made it farther than I did. I watched episode one and then cringed and then just kind of chuckled to myself. I was like, this is written by some teenager in a dark room with black painted nails with like slipknot posters it was like oh yeah i'm gonna write the fantasy of my life and then that kid in gym class will stop making fun of me yeah it's, it's just got like every dark element you can think of all crammed into one episode like the mysterious masked man who fights all the goblins and like the goblins rape all the women like graphically and super murder and it's just oh it's so much and so dumb and I couldn't even with episode one. Yeah, it felt like all of the all of the cheapest shots of dark fantasy all rolled into one. And I was like, okay, maybe the first episode is just them being really heavy-handed in setting the tone. And then I watched the next couple and I was like, no, they're just going to stick with this. It's just going to remain like this for the whole show, isn't it? And that's why I dropped out. I just, I couldn't be bothered. Hmm, fair enough. Uh, so I guess I'll start off with, with the things I did like about the show and get to the, the stuff I didn't like later. Uh, what I did like, the show's focus is basically on underpowered characters evening the odds in combat using unconventional tactics. And it consistently delivers on that throughout the show without reusing ideas so they don't get stale. Hmm. Uh, it kind of feels like the stuff players are always trying to pull in a and d session, but on screen, and they actually work. Uh, so I, I did like that part of it. I will admit there were some interesting there were some interesting moments in the early episodes with that things like uh, basically burning the goblins out of their uh, dens and then dealing with them that way rather than charging in and you know dealing with an entire horde on their home turf. There were also restrictions I think which were nice like the only episode I watched one the uh, the girl who's the healer she's like I can only cast cure three times and I've already cast it once so I got two more times and he's like okay do what I say cast here and here and then we gotta run so it's not like she's got some you know magical other thing in her pocket to pull out like there were restrictions to magic and i imagine other stuff as the show went on yeah exactly she i don't think she ever has more than three spells for the duration of the whole show so it's it's always like what can you do with a limited set of things but also like you know using your brain like they try to use coal dust to do an explosion they use a teleport scroll but like the other end of it is at the bottom of the ocean so it unleashes just a torrent of high pressure water it's like clever stuff that is helping them even the odds against like otherwise impossible fights. Uh, so that was good. Uh, what else? I think it was refreshing to have a show where the main character doesn't save the world. Uh, in this case, it's explicit. Every once in a while, we'll cut to the party of heroes that is actually fighting the Demon Lord's forces to save the world. Uh, to draw a contrast with this guy's lifelong battle against low-level but dangerous goblins. Uh, and it's kind of the message they repeat a few times is that everyone's contributions are necessary to keep the world safe for the common citizen. Defeating the Demon Lord's crucial, of course, but so is making sure the town doesn't get overrun by monsters. 
Uh, and so it's, it's good, right? In a genre where inevitably the main character will always end up saving the world somehow. That doesn't happen. All right. That's fairly unique. The, the, the supporting inside characters were actually pretty well developed despite their limited screen time. Like he eventually does have people that join him in an adventuring party. And there's other adventurers in town that are, you know, they're not just generic people. Like they're all characters basically, which was good. Uh, the theme song, I actually like the theme song quite a bit. And the animation is consistently really good. I was not a fan of the CG they used for him though. Uh, it does not get overused, I think, put it that way. Uh, so neutral, I think you guys have already, like the things I'm kind of in the middle on, like, I think you guys already brought it up. There's the controversy surrounding the show, right? The goblins are brutal. They never miss a chance to hack the males to death and rape and torture the female adventures they capture, uh, which is shocking in a show, particularly in a show that has all the other normal trappings of fantasy anime, you know, cute elves and hard drinking dwarves and people going on adventures and all the normal stuff that happens. Uh, now that said, I do feel that it feels sort of a largely empty narrative niche there's a lot of anime in which the enemies are just kind of there to be defeated by the heroes and they don't pose any threat beyond immediate battle they exist for the heroes to train up or learn a valuable lesson about teamwork or whatever the goblins in the show are really menacing and horrifying and they really feel like monsters uh and i can appreciate what they're doing there narratively even if i am repulsed by their actions which is i think what i'll say about that maybe the reason why i didn't drop it yeah, especially for like a traditional fantasy show. I'll give it to you. They're usually, especially goblins for crying out loud, they're like the super basic mooks. So I think to to give gravitas to a villain like that is is fairly interesting. Which is what yeah. drew me to it when I initially checked it out as well. It's just that I feel that their execution ended up being very juvenile. That's that's fair. Yeah, fair criticism. And also in terms of uh, juvenile, like the, the the pure con, you know, negative part of the show is it does kind of turn into male fantasy by the end. Every woman in the entire show is totally enamored and blushing when they talk to the expressionless robotic inhuman goblin slayer. <laughs> like we're in the middle oh, of a fantasy baby. world with like spells and magic and all this other stuff. And that is easily the hardest suspension of disbelief of the whole show. Uh. So, like, it gets much more pronounced as the show goes on. I was like, oh, come on, really? Like, he's basically a walking suit of armor, people. I thought Al was cute. Yeah, but Al had a personality. He also had a kitty in his little suit of armor. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think that's 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 what I got. So it's... All uh, right. I would recommend it, but only if you are willing to watch all the stuff we just mentioned that's, you know, fairly shocking visually. Makes sense. And of course, you two are not recommending it because, yeah. You know what? My I'm I'm not gonna say much. My vote doesn't count. I made it to episode one, and I couldn't make it beyond that. So I'm gonna say it wasn't for me. But I think you presented interesting points that could sway someone either way. All right. What's up next? Moving on from like super dark fantasy to more. Thunderbolt fantasy? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I missed the original Thunderbolt fantasy when it first aired. Uh, Brendan was kind enough to introduce me to it later on, and it is it is bananas. It is a Japanese-Taiwanese co-production written by Gen Urobochi featuring crazy detailed puppets with, like, magic swords fighting each other, 
And it's exactly as crazy as that premise makes it sound. It's corny, but it's a really fun romp. There's all these ridiculous names, super-powered moves. Uh, there's super dramatic camera work. They'll keep, like, zooming <laughs> in on these puppets. Like, you know, they're puppets. They're really well-designed, but at the end of the day, they're puppets. And they're, like, zooming in on their sh- on their faces from, like, different angles. And, like, people are twirling around. Like, they've obviously got the wind machine going to make everyone's capes and hair billow out. It's... It's like Power Rangers in miniature. Okay, wait. Now, does the humor come from... Brendan, I forget if you mentioned this when you talked about season one. Does the humor come from, like, the hilarity surrounding the production around it being puppets? Or is it actually campy and humorous? Or is it very serious and the humor just comes from that looking at puppets doing stuff? No, there's... Like, there is, you know, camp humor to be had in the actual in universe i guess to, to say yeah uh i i feel like it's heightened because they're puppets right and like the only articulation they really have well, i mean they, they have a lot of articulation as far as their body goes but like their face they can blink and they can move their lips so that they they sort of do the uh the two modes kind of like in anime has you get a couple of frames so that you can move your mouth so that people know that you're talking <laughs> <laughs> that's about all you know uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on that uh i uh i is, uh, I appreciate quite a bit. Like the main character has got a, a good snark uh, uh, going pretty much at all times. Mm-hmm. He's the, you know, he's this hero who is more powerful than everyone else, but is actively trying not to get involved in all of the like magical sword hunting nonsense that everyone else is in on. So there's, you know, it's not the most original setup for that, but he's, like you said, he's got a lot of good snark going on. He's uh, He acts as a really good foil to the more serious or more deceitful characters because he's you know a genuinely good person but without being a you know without being like holier than thou or self-righteous he's much more you know i'm gonna do the right thing i'm just going to complain about it all the time (laughs) so it's a lot of fun and uh they definitely do a good setup for season three so we'll see if that comes around uh in the future it did take them a while to get from season one to season two so it may be a little bit, but I, for my part, am looking forward to it. If you want a good campy wuxia puppet uh, sword fight, then I can't recommend another show more highly. Well, boy, there you go. Good times. Yeah. All right, let's change gears again to the Spice Girls. The Spice I'm going to make this joke first. Do you understand? <laughs> Forget you, ANN, because I know you're going to steal my idea. I made the Spice Girls joke first. Do you understand? <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll talk about Release the Spice, which like I read the description of this and I was like, this can either go so well or horribly wrong. And I have to know. So... I was on the same page, and I kind of fell off of it after, I think, three or four episodes, just because I found it boring, but that I was think it, I think it fell in the middle. Like, it's pretty okay, but it, it doesn't... I don't know, it's not amazing in any in any capacity. Be- good or bad. I think, Scott, you definitely took that, you know, exactly as I was going to say. First of all, it feels like a Saturday morning cartoon, so for anyone who ever watched, like totally spies is what i what i uh hearken it to but it's got totally spice yes <laughs> totally spice good oh, job brendan we're, we're all over this time. high five <laughs> um so totally spice except it has less boys and significantly more yuri bait you know oh, a la, so a la Japan. much yuri bait <laughs> so much Holy yuri bait moly. um so you know exactly like scott said the show like executes on these like cute girls doing spy things but it absolutely never elevates itself out of 
any of that. So it's like not actiony enough to be what I I just put Symphogear. It's not actually enough to be wild and nuts like Symphogear or something that has, you know, that kind of action in it. Uh it's not like you know, intriguing enough to really hold your attention. I mean, for a show about girls doing spy stuff, like Dan, you just said you got bored. You know what I mean? Like that tells you a little something. Um it wasn't like it didn't make enough sense. Like, the gadgets towards the end of the show were so absurd. You're like, why do you even have that in your magic closet? Like, let me just put it this way. They have a body double at one point. They were like, also we swapped out specific. a body double. Like, yeah, these are very specific gadgets. Yeah, like, they were just exactly what they needed to be for the mission of the day. Um, are we talking about, like, classic Batman yeah, it does approach classic Batman where he has like a a set of sprays for getting rid of marine critters. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's too specific, and I think they really lost me at the very end when they were like uh, the body double. I've mentioned this like three times now, but that really bothered me. I was like, why are you able to make a fully like what effectively a fully functioning body double? The correct weight, the correct everything. No, why do you have a machine that can do that? And they just do. They have like a magic 3D printer that can make body doubles of them. And I was like, okay, you're done now. Everything else was like, okay, up until then. I was kind of annoyed at like invisible sunscreen. Like they have this sunscreen you can put on and become totally invisible. And I was like, oh, geez. So, you know, there, what the, is the, the point gadgetry... of you being ninjas then? Right, the gadgetry was a little much, um, and, you know, there's no commitment to the Yuri bait, just so everyone knows. Oh, of course not. It's it's, it's all baiting. Uh, Like we said, the show doesn't take any risks, and nothing unexpected really happens in its run. Yes, yeah, it just, it runs, it's fine, it does exactly what it wants to do, there's nothing terribly objectionable. Um, I think the things that stop it from being a full-fledged Saturday morning cartoon, I will say, is there's a tonal dissonance Oh, yeah, in there. I was going to call that in a minute. Go for it. Yeah, so the, there's a tonal dissonance. Uh, there, there's episodes about child trafficking, prostitution. Oh, yeah. There's drugs, like they're drugging people and affecting their nervous system. You know, there's terrorism. Like, there's all these really heavy themes, all of which mine are glossed over in an episode. All of like these super dark background details in what, like you said, felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. That was another yeah. thing that kept me like at arm's length from the whole thing. I was like, I'm not sure you peep your writers are all talking to each other, right? Because like they're like, oh, let's infiltrate the thing. They're infiltrating and like doing their thing, and they have you know fun banter dialogue with each other, and they're like, ah, look at all these women who've been brainwashed by the evil organization into being sex slaves, and you're like, what? What? Yeah, you're like, did you just say that they drug them and turn them into sex slaves? Hello. Wait, wait a minute. And like that that's it. They just move on. Right. Like the message seems to be if you're a woman and you don't have powerful combat skills, like you will be taken advantage of because all these people being sold into slavery and people whose parents are hostage, they have to fight or whatever. They're all girls, of course, because almost every character in the show is. Mm. So it's it's a kind of a weird feeling in the middle of this like otherwise fairly generic show. Agreed. Agreed. I was going to say, Scott, I don't know if you've got anything else about it, but no, I, that's, I that's don't it. recommend it. No, I it don't sure recommend it. It sure is a show. It exists. It's <laughs> meh. But, you know, I committed too many episodes in and then I couldn't stop. Yeah, that was the problem. I watched at the end and it was like, all right, I mean, I won't remember this like a few months from now. It's just, yeah. We will, uh, we will cover this show with that image of uh, the dude from Mad Max Fury Road and the whole mediocre thing. That's Mediocre. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's, that's the last word on that. All right, Oof. who's next? Um, let's see. So uh, I remember when we were trying to figure out what show to watch uh, for last season, and I was late to the party as, as uh, picking up all, all the shows that we were supposed to test out, the ones that looked like they were going to be good. And Verdict came back from uh, some of you guys, and then I was like, well, maybe I'll try something off the beaten path. So I fired up a show that was based on a light novel, which I usually don't go in for, right. and was very pleasantly surprised by Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. You just made that up. <laughs> what a title. Uh, I wanted to say sadly I did not, but it actually is pretty decent. Huh. Like, uh, the, the, um, let's see, what, what am I trying to say here? The, I guess there's a bunch of these small books I think, and uh, they actually adapt them as miniature arcs. Uh, I believe it's three episodes apiece for the first two and the last one, and then there's a couple in the middle that are two episodes. They managed to uh, cram them in there. And it's basically this guy serially befriending a bunch of girls. Hmm. To what end? Just in general, or is there like some special thing going on? Um, Like, there's reasons for uh, most of them. Like... The uh, the whole the whole show revolves around the concept of puberty syndrome, which is that weird stuff can happen to you, like when you're in middle school or high school, just t at total random. Uh, you could, for instance, start t turning invisible to the point where people actually stop remembering you. Okay, jeez. Or like not yeah, it's not like actual invisible, it's just like you can walk around and nobody knows that you're there. like nobody everybody sees through you. So when the uh when the first like the main girl discovers that this could happen to her and she's running tests sort of, she dresses up as a bunny girl and starts going to public locations to see if anyone reacts. And like the guy that does is, you know, the male lead. Uh and I forget exactly if there is a, a stated reason for that, but basically because he's experienced puberty syndrome, he's more like susceptible to being able to see other people's. Huh. Huh. So it's like X-Men, but hijinks? Sort of. Like, there aren't really, like, hijinks exactly. It's more of a drama. Huh. Uh So the uh, the first the first three-episode arc is, is him, like, getting to know the, like, this former actress who is... You know, had uh, went on sabbatical and then was gradually being actually forgotten. Uh, like even like even out outside of her career was just being ignored by literally everyone. But and uh, his efforts to help her uh, ends up with like them going out, which I thought was a good thing to have happen in the episode three of your show instead of episode thirteen. <laughs> Yay! I'm so proud Progress. when anime commits. Like you almost want to take out like you're like little handkerchief and be like i'm so proud of you anime good job and uh yeah so that was actually kind of like a short movie uh hmm. the uh, the first three episodes of those together and it sort of keeps doing that like there's another one where we've got uh kind of a groundhog day scenario where there's another girl that he knows that's well uh keeps kicking back time sort uh and and other various weird things where it's just a bunch of people trying to help each other out. Huh. Sounds cool. kind of nice. 
So they, uh, there's, there's good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Some good deadpan humor in there. Like he'll say a lot of stuff in a way that makes it clear that he's like joking to try to lighten the mood. And yeah, people will, will deadpan it. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds right. surprisingly Sounds good. Cute after all that. And yeah. nice. Yeah. I would never have thought that's what it's about given the title picture, which is just a girl who's like, I'm Haruhi, but not in like, you know, this basically Playboy Bunny outfit and the title. So I'm, I'm that comes really up surprised. surprisingly rarely, mm-hmm. actually, like it's 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 referenced in the first episode and it uh, you actually like see the Bunny Girl outfit a couple of times, but it's not the core of the show. Huh. Somebody needs to fire their marketing team. Yeah, really. Or maybe, you know what, maybe... They know the market. They drew you in with the bunny girl outfit, and they're like, surprise. It's a now, now that I've committed. got your attention. Yeah, we're actually like a really good show. Haha, ha, you fell for the bunny girl outfit. Yeah, there wasn't any fan service, uh, which a little bit surprising, but very welcome. Nothing to like, no, nothing gratuitous that distracted at all from the show that I thought. Wow. Neat. All right. A recommendation. I would, I would not have expected it. That's super cool. On the subject of things that I wouldn't expect to be good, but kind of were. Uh, up next, I'll do uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. I did hear that this was apparently one of the bigger shows of the season. Like, it's really good, which is shocking, considering it's in the guy gets sucked into a video game fantasy world genre with that title. But mm-hmm. I guess there's still some life in that genre after all. Uh, let's see, what would I say for, so, so the, the good parts, so it's a different take on the, the genres. The main character is, ends up basically leading a village of disparate, intelligent monster races and more or less building a country for them in a pretty rough, like, fantasy world. It's a lot of big, dangerous things out there. And he tends to have all the lower end of the scale things. He's like, oh yeah, I got some, some goblins and some wolves and so on, and like, like intelligent wolves sort of, and we're going to try to make it basically and with a lot of other tougher fantasy races out there the underdog story of the like level one enemies right like and he's you know he gets reincarnated as a slime like he's got some fancy powers but he's still just the weakest character in any rpg or weakest uh, enemy uh the world setting is interesting like there's other you know there's big players out there there's moving parts going on behind the scenes with different like the politics between nations and like the what the dwarves are up to uh, that are pretty good. The main character quickly becomes very strong, but there's way bigger, stronger things out there, so you don't feel like he's completely overpowered. Like, this isn't, uh, mm. like, Tenshin Muyo War on Geminar. <laughs> uh, characters generally make smart decisions. I did not find myself yelling at the screen too often, <laughs> uh, which is good, except for the characters that were intentionally the dumb ones. That's my other handkerchief moment when people talk to each other and or make intelligent decisions that seem rational. You're like, anime, I'm so proud of you. Right. Like, I want this to happen. It's the, it's the thing that would be best for everyone. And, and then, then it, it kind of does. And you're like, wow, wow. Uh, and the animation's good. There's no real hiccups in it or anything. Uh, and they have this kind of neat thing where, like, he can talk in his mind to sort of like an advisor that can explain things about the world or skills or whatever. And it looks really neat. Like, it's a unique look, and it looks cool when they do it. It's like going into the menu. It's kind of like going to the menu and asking for help from, like, a tutorial thing that's in your head. Uh, The cons, like, the only real con, I would say, it's obviously made for male audience with 
every once in a while they'll be like, it's time for some skimply dressed ladies to fawn over the lead character. Uh, but as a slime, uh, he, he eventually as a slime, actually, yes, that does happen. They're like, oh, look how how squishy and, and cool. Let's hold him. And you're like, really, really? Uh, if that's what you're these, into, these sequences are not too distracting. They don't take up too much plot time. Uh, but it is, I guess, notable, noticeable. Can we have a quick pause? Let's Gentlemen pause. In, in our listening audience, don't dress yourself up in a suit of armor and be a robot. And don't think that your, like, squishy spare tire attracts us ladies to the yard, okay? Please <laughs> don't listen to these these anime nonsense. Like, this is your public, this is your public service announcement public for service today. Public service announcement. Unless you're, like, actually <laughs> Scott, made what of are you gelatin. Doing? In which case, you know, submit yourself to science. <laughs> in which case you may be experiencing puberty syndrome back to brendan for advice on how to deal some, for some coverage uh but in, like in closing I, I would totally recommend it it's a good show and season two is now coming out and i can't wait for more neat that's super cool because once again i looked at that and went pass <laughs> like i would never have picked that up so it's cool that you did and it turned out to be good it turned out to be good to my shock well, nice, pleasant surprise there. Um, less of a surprise, I guess, based on what I'd been hearing about it. But um, I, the only other show I followed this season, you know, to keep everything very simple over the holidays, was um, the skull-faced bookseller uh, Honda-san, and it is exactly what it says on the tin. It is about a dude working at a bookstore who is also a skeleton, and all of his co-workers have various like helmets or masks or whatever. It's all based on the author or the original writer's um, experiences working as a bookseller, and oh, so... Oh, right, so it's got some, some grounding. Yeah, it's got some grounding. I mean, it's silly shenanigans and whatnot, and everything is, you know, overly dramatized for the point, for the point of humor, but the what actually happens is all pretty much, you know, on par. It's like, we don't have all of these books because they're super popular, there's customers that come in that want special treatment, there's people who come in who, you know, don't speak Japanese, so he's desperately trying to communicate with them in English, yeah. and to his credit, he's actually pretty good at it. Um, wow, but it's another handkerchief moment here. Very true, but he's also obviously uncomfortable with it, and they do a really good job of communicating his, like, awkwardness around people without it being too forced, so I really appreciated that. And he's much more relaxed around his co-workers, but they all have their own quirks. There's, like, the lady who is obviously not 100% invested in this, but, you know, will still have your back in the right circumstances. There's their manager, who's this lady with, a uh, with like, a knight's helmet on, who's, like, super involved in everything, but also not above, like, ducking out before the night shift happens because, uh, you know, she has a life, too. <laughs> so, Sorry, guys. Bye. It sounds really cute. Yeah, if you've ever worked retail, a lot of these stories are going to sound fairly familiar. But, uh, you know, again, heightened heightened for dramatic effect. And uh, I will say that for the most part, the humor did make me laugh. And that's a rarity in anime. That's a I rarity think. for you, Dan. Wow. Yeah, the, I, don't, I find a lot of the humor in, uh, in anime to be really tough to get across. And I know part of it's language barrier, but it's also the way that some of the jokes are set up or the way that it's like, a ridiculous thing happens. Everyone loudly announces the the funny thing has happened. Let us all throw back our heads and laugh. In this case, it does that, but it, it there's such sincerity to it that I can buy it. And also the fact that, you know, I've worked in retail. Anyone who's worked a job behind the counter serving people at whatever it might be, bookstore or, 
you know, box store, any of that kind of stuff, is going to find something in here that they can relate to. So it'll get uh, it'll get to you that way, even if it even if the humor isn't like laugh out loud funny a hundred percent of the time. So it's like like Agretzico for the for people who work registers. I would say so. Uh, Agretzico is probably overall a higher quality show, but it's you know it's not. Uh, it's not trying to be. This thing is deliberately bite-sized, and it's scaling itself nicely. It doesn't uh, overstay its welcome. Mm, sounds pleasant. Yeah. Agretzico is the best. Everyone watch that show, please. Absolutely. 100%. Side note. <laughs> Side note. Your other public service announcement. All right. Uh, I guess we'll end with me, uh, because holy wow, guys, let me tell you about a show that I thought was so bad it got its own special bad category, despite us already having a category for the worst show of 2018 <laughs> in our awards, okay? I made a whole new category called the absolute worst just for this. Um, and I'm really sad to say that it was Trigger's SSSS Gridman. You but got that Sue, right, guys. Everyone loves it so much. I know. It's hurting me very deep inside <laughs> i'm trying desperately to ignore that um it, it was really bad i was i was shocked you know once again i committed pretty hard and my husband and i started watching it and after a while it was so dumb we were like we have to know where it's going <laughs> we have to know where it goes and man like i gotta see how this how this turns out this train so has I no brakes. With right, this train has no brakes. So, I want to start with like one really neat thing. So they had a really neat concept, wherein um, the story takes place in this world that looks like any other world. These kids are going to high school, um, and Yuta Hibiki wakes up with everyday amnesia, which I swear is like Japan must be like you have amnesia. That's great. You're probably the lead character of an anime. Get out of the hospital. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he has amnesia, he just starts wandering around, and then he meets Gridman uh, in a computer in one of his friend's houses, this girl named Rika. He's like, oh man, this is there's this thing called Gridman, and Power Rangers-style episodes ensue with this girl named Akane Shinjo. She's crazy, she starts creating monsters with the help of this other person that looks like an alien and they send the monsters to earth and you know make my monster grow and gridman has to get summoned from the computer to utah so that he can come into this real world and fight the monster um but the show starts introducing this like really eerie effect where every day like angel grove gets destroyed right hmm. and then every day Everyone wakes up and they don't remember the the kaiju attack, the monster attack or, or Gridman or any of that stuff. And they're just chugging along. And the whole city is back to being fine. Like the monsters and Gridman destroy the city and everything's fine again. And there's these like Godzilla looking creatures in the background in like the fog. And as the show goes on, there's more and more and more of them, but no one draws attention to it. It's all just done with camera angles. Like Ooh. you'll be sitting on the bus and How suddenly subtle. there's, yeah, there's more of them and you're in really intrigued, you know, because Trigger has done such a great job at storytelling in the past. I was like, what, what is up with those, those Godzilla things and what's up with nobody remembering? And they introduce a lot of cool concepts. The problem is it's all buried underneath such awful storytelling bad characters and just this very very 
arrogant sense of villain writing. This really bothers me. So I'll go through these items just really quick. Um, the nostalgia ripping really made me angry. Like, I am a huge Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan, okay? I own the watch that had the little theme song that played. I was like clockwork, 4 p.m. every day after school, watch the episodes religiously, love Mighty Morphin. Like, I can't stand this show. It just starts throwing things in with no, you know, reference to where they come from. And it all just does it on the basis of nostalgia. Like, Gridman is fighting the monsters, and then one fine day, some dude with a sword shows up, and he's like, oh, I'm Gridman's saber. And then, like, a bunch of other people show up, and they're like, yeah, we're also parts of Gridman, hi. We're his guns, we're his legs, we're you know, his turbo boosters, and you're like, sure, I guess. I kept chalking it up to being like, all right, I guess if I was a Gridman fan from Japan, maybe I'd be excited. But, like, they just show up, and they just bum around the house, and every once in a while just go into the computer and help Gridman do the thing. And I'm like, what is up with you people? It's never explained. Nothing's ever explained. The show just does things. And it's like, oh, it's fine because it's one of those nostalgia Power Rangers shows we don't have to explain. But at the same time, it's trying to drive this weird, like, existential, what is creation, you know, what is, what does it mean to be a person? Oh, you can't, you can't be background? Monster of the Week and have that. Right. You absolutely don't get to do those two things unless you're really skilled. And Trigger was not able to pull this off, I have to say. There's a mega exposition dump in the middle of the show because it's like they couldn't get out like what they needed to do because the, the heroes are all running around like trying to figure out who is creating the monsters. And eventually like some random character you've never seen before takes lead character Yuta on a train and is like, I'm just going to tell you who the villain is and I'm just going to tell you the whole plot. And they do that for an episode. <laughs> it's oh. bad. Yeah, they just, they just kick it out there. They're like, we need this to move along, move along. It's not like um, a dramatic reveal. He didn't find no. anything out about it himself. It's just, you're going to go on the Exposition Express until you know what the plot yes. is. Yes. And what pisses me off is he was millimeters from figuring it out himself. He was ah. piecing it together. And the show's like, nah, we're just going to tell you. Let's move on. It's infuriating. Um, the CG is very meh. Like, it's not terrible, but it's it's not great. Um, the characters are so incredibly uninteresting. Like, Yuta's the only one that can go into the computer and become Gridman. The other two just sit, his, his friend U Utsumi and the girl Rika just sit outside the computer and are like, oh no, oh yes, oh no, we're winning. And I'm like, but the show is adamant that all three of them need to be together for Gridman to be victorious. And I'm like, why? It's not like Rika is the super hacker or Utsumi is like <laughs> the super knowledgeable about the weakness of the enemy. Like they don't do anything. They're barely characters. And it's just infuriating like how useless and cardboardy they are. And I, I stopped caring. Later in the show, they're trying to like gently shove in a romance idea between Rika and lead character Yuta. And you're like, just stop. Just no. You haven't earned this. You haven't earned this in the slightest. Just cut that out. Um, the, so I'll just end with, with uh, Akane Shinjo. So episode one, you, you see Akane. She creates a monster because um, she gets angry at these girls in her class 
who are playing like goofing around with the volleyball they they accidentally toss the volleyball and they smush her lunch that she was trying to give yuta so she's like smiles at them and is like that's okay and then at home is like i'm gonna straight up murder these girls so while they're at volleyball practice she creates the monster and she kills them it shoots a giant laser beam and they die and in episode two the characters are walking around like wait a minute, that's weird. Where are these girls? And they go to their houses and it turns out they've retroactively all been killed. Like all their parents are like, oh, they died in an accident in middle school. Like she kills these girls straight up. And um, the tone shifts so hard, so dramatically. Like you can't have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and be straight up murdering people. So they try and blend that idea in. And then... The soul breaker part is then they spend the rest of the show trying without actual evidence to show you that poor lonely Akane just needs some friends and friendship would probably stop her from being on a murderous rampage. Like late in the show, she stabs the main character with a box cutter. And then everyone's like, she just needs some friends. I'm still your friend, Akane. It was nauseating. Absolutely (laughs) nauseating. And it's like, listen, you guys are like pro-character writers, Trigger. I like cried a little in Kisniver, okay? Go back to that. You don't get to write a character like this. Give me zero background to why she is who she is. Make her a complete psychopath that's willing to kill others and then try and fall back on she's just lonely, guys. Being lonely is not an excuse for this behavior. I have <laughs> to keep telling you people person. this. It's oh it's it's so bad. And I genuinely haven't seen a show, you know, this bad since uh freaking Children of the Whales. Like it's really wow. bad. It's really bad, guys. And uh at the very end, just to top it all off, there's deus ex machina powers that don't oh, make thanks. any sense Thank that have goodness. never been mentioned. Yeah, to top off that cake. Um, so I want to, you know, just at least talk about the best part about it. There's a sequence at the very end where um, Akane is, like, reminiscing on all the time she's spent. And it goes into these, like, black and white shots and just montages, like, a bunch of the like enemies she's created and the time she's had here in this world. And my husband was laughing so hard. He's like, you know what we need right now? We need Kenny Rogers through the years. And so he ripped this off the internet. Someone had it. He ripped this sequence with the black and white montage and put Kenny Rogers through the years over it and sent it to me in an MP4. And he's like, just for you, babe. And we watch it every once in a while together and we laugh. (laughs) And the best part is it lines up like beautifully because it's just like, you never let me down. And she's like stabbing him with a box cutter. And then he's like, surprise. Yeah, there's a shot where she's the bloody box cutter is in the shot. And it's like, you turn my life around. And it's him with this shocked expression like, I just got stabbed. (laughs) beautiful like you couldn't have asked for for a sounds like you need to publish an amv it sounds like i do i need to give that to you guys i have it so i I should send it to you guys it's it's riotous and then oh goodness so at least there's that so i'm just glad that out of all of this you at least got another wonderful little memento of your relationship with your husband because in the end that's what really matters that's what really matters doesn't it dan yeah 
I got that and everything was good and please don't watch this show. Like, I don't know what everybody thinks they're getting out of it, but it is not worth your time, your energy. Pick up something else. Trigger needs to take a break. This was really bad. Oof. Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed. It's, it's, it's on time so for many Trigger levels. to make a Kabato and then come back. Yeah, they need to just chill. They need to Netflix and chill. Well, that seems like uh, that pretty much covers our uh, season for this uh, past win- uh, this past fall, I should say. And moving into winter of 2019, I'm sure we'll have a whole new slew of shows to watch and uh, a new rolling review coming up. Yeah, look forward to it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. We hope you picked up some little tidbits. We hope you don't watch Gridman and <laughs> pick up some of the other ones that that like Scott and Brendan watched. Those sounded nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, folks. Take care. Bye. This is a podcast by the Con Artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.